I'm Clarence Waldron. Welcome back to Black Views. But before we get started with tonight's guest, I want to give a special thank you and acknowledgement to uh, Howard Sandifer and his wife, Darlene Sandifer. They are the founders of the Chicago West Community Music Center, and this whole video podcast was their idea. They said, let's get up close and personal with Chicago newsmakers. So we're going to do just that. Tonight's guest is Vanessa Stokes, and she will pay tribute to her late father, Darrell Cretney, noted photographer uh, who took rare photos of Aretha Franklin, Don Ross and the Supremes, Jimi Hendrix, Dizzy Gillespie, and so many others. And she also will tell us how her father somehow inspired her work today in the West Side community in the world of the arts, culture, and business. So let me just stop and let her take it from here. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, Clarence. Let's start with your father's. When he died years ago, you found boxes and boxes of photos. What 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 was that about? And you didn't know that they even existed. Talk well, to me. Well, we we did know we did know that they existed. Um, so my father had a uh, he had the first black owned photography studio in Chicago, um, and so we've always known like how many or we knew that there was a lot of images in this collection. We didn't really know what was inside of the collection. Uh, and that's just because he never really talked about it. Um, he never really showed us any of it until I was probably like in my early 20s. This is like maybe 25 or so years ago. Uh, we started, I started bugging him about it um, and started to, you know, just ask questions. He would. He would say stuff like, oh, I got pictures of Jimi Hendrix and I got pictures of Aretha Franklin. Like he would just like tell us these things. And I'm just like, and they're in a box? Let's get them out of the box. Let's start seeing them, you know? So I would say it was probably around uh, the beginning of the 2000s when um, when we were, we were starting to really go through his work. Um, and what we found was just, we were just like, what is going on? Like, we cannot have this in a, in a box in the basement, you know? Like, so, you know, over the years, because it's so much, right? Like, we do think that there's like a half a million images, at least in the collection. So there's a lot of images to go through. They're mainly negatives. So, and then also different different formats. So, you know, since my father was a commercial advertising photographer, he, he took, you know, images in large format, medium format, you know, 35 millimeter, you know, two and a quarter, four by five. I mean, there's so many different types of film in his collection, um, which is rare. And then also, the types of photography that he took was rare. So alongside of his commercial business, uh, photography, freelance photography business that he had, he also took fashion photography, he also took nudes, he took, you know, um, performance photography, like you were sharing, um, street photography. So, I mean, he did 
he just basically had a camera with him for like 20 years. And so, I mean, there's, there's a, just a lot of this like really amazing images of black people, you know, living their lives uh, in the black community in Chicago. Um, a lot of the images that he took were either on the South side or uh, were in his studio, which was, um, uh, which was like in the photography district, uh, which is like Franklin and Chicago Avenue, like that area over there, like his, his studios were there. And then also the North side. So my mom, uh, she lived in uh, what is now Lincoln Park at the time when they met. So he took a lot of images of that kind of area. She said that it's called the, the, the Clybourne Corridor is what it was called back then. And she said that, you know, at that time, there were a lot of, there were actually a lot of black people that lived in that area. Um, so he's got a lot of pictures of, you know, children playing and, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's just an amazing collection of, you know, history. Uh, our history and just the, what he came in contact with in, in his pursuit of, you know, his work. Right. Yeah. So tell us about the Aretha Franklin photos that, that he has. Yeah, so so my father emigrated here from, from uh, Jamaica in the late 50s, uh, early 60s. He was like in his late teens when he got here. Um, and and uh, my grandparents were already here from Jamaica, and they and they and the family came over through the amnesty program. So they lived in Harvey. My grandfather actually they built their house, which was rare um, in Harvey. And so when he got here, he started working for a um, clothing store. Started doing the designs for the for the mannequins in the window and fell in love with fashion photography. So he um, he started, you know, um, actually printing first. He started working for a printer, which got him into photography. And then he actually, um, during that early 60s, he moved to Sweden. Um, so that's where he started his business in oh. Sweden. Okay. And, um, and he also took photography classes there too, but he started his business. And then he was there for about five years or so, and then came back and met my mom. And then they moved to Europe and they lived in Sweden for a couple of years. And so that's where all of those images that you see, um, the Aretha Franklin, um, the uh, Diana Ross and the Supremes. Um, uh, let's see what else, uh, Jimi Hendrix, uh, there's also Janis Joplin that's in the in also inside of there, uh, and so all of those images he took he took those in Europe at the time. I mean, really, I, I thought that they were here in Chicago. No, yeah, he didn't take all the rock and roll images, and we do we we did find some images of um, Stokely Carmichael, uh, but he's not a rock and roll musician. But we did find images of him that were also taken in Europe. Um, we've also found like uh, images of like uh, Muhammad Ali's sparring partner. Uh, he took pictures of him too. I mean, there, there's a lot, the Rolling Stones. I mean, there's there's a lot of images that he took during that time. Yeah. Uh, even, even actually, even um, 
He's got pictures of Twiggy and he's got pictures of the royal family too. Uh, Ooh, okay. He did, so they had this thing in, in Sweden it was called British Week. So they did everything British in Sweden. So he took a lot of those pictures um, during that time, yeah. Oh, okay. Now, have you been able to do a, an exhibit of your father's work? Well, we have, we've, we've done small exhibitions and small galleries. Um, we haven't really, we haven't comprehensively gone through everything. So we've gone through a lot of it. I'd say probably about half of it, um, but we have not, we have not cataloged his, um, a, the larger format film. So um, the, the, the medium format and the, the uh, four by fives and the eight by tens, those were all, he used all of those formats for commercial uh, advertising photography. So there, um, we haven't touched any of that. So, I mean, it, it's just a lot of work uh, to digitize and catalog all of that. So we've been kind of doing it, me and my sister and my mom, you know, we've been doing it here and there over the last 20 years or so, I'd say. Um, but I think what we're, what we have been doing is we did get connected to the National Museum in, in, in Washington, D.C., the African-American Museum. So we're in conversation with them to see how we can work together so they can kind of help us, you know, go through and and catalog and digitize the, you know, the collection. So, um, so yeah, once that's done, you know, we would love to, you know, have a, like a world tour of his, of his work. I mean, it's very much worth it. Um, he had a, a very awesome eye uh, for just for everything, uh, as you can see, right? And um, so, yeah, that that's kind of where we're left right now. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. now, didn't you have a display of his work on like the Green Line? On yes. The West Side? Yes. So we, years ago. Yeah. So, so I moved to Austin in like uh, 2012, 2013. And um, at the time, I would, you know, getting on, on and off the train. And, and I was just like, oh my God, like look at all of these amazing spaces that would be great for art. Um, and so I wrote some grants through the Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events and got some money to you know work with CTA to put some images in the Austin and Central train stations and then we also did, we also had some of his work displayed in the viaduct on Laramie uh, between Kinsey and Lake. Uh, but those those images, it was it was a temporary um, like installation that wasn't permanent. Uh, so yeah, we're we're still looking for you know possibilities to do public art. We do have some images right now on Chicago Avenue and Cicero. There's four images on top of that building on the corner. Uh, so there are some, we have still have some images out there uh, so people can see them. Cool, cool. Now, did your father's work inspire you 
as an artist and all your work with public art? Oh, yes. Um, you know, like I, I guess like um, I never really, I, I never really knew my parents were very free with my sister and I, right? <laughs> that they, you know, being artists themselves or my dad being an art artist, you know, we were afforded a lot of freedom um, to discover what we wanted to do with ourselves, right? So after he passed away, you know, I really started to think more about like, what do I want to do? Like what, you know, what, what are some opportunities, right? So I went back to school and I um, went back to school for photography, uh, photojournalism, because I really love to write too. Um, so I started to pursue photography and journalism and that's what got me into, you know, uh, writing grants and, you know, um, creating public art. Um, and then ultimately, you know, it, it propelled me to do what I'm doing now, uh, which is I started my own company, VS Creative Consulting. So I work with um, nonprofit organizations and groups uh, in, 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 around uh, economic development, community investment, um, community engagement, uh, and, and just kind of bringing people together uh, to, you know, do different types of things, whatever that is, right? Uh, so we created, I, I've now, I work with uh, Westside Health Authority and um, I help to manage the special service areas on Madison and on Chicago Avenue. And um, so within that, that's kind of where the pop courts came up uh, in, in 2020, we created um, pop courts on the corner of Chicago and Lockwood which is an outdoor plaza space. Um, the city, we worked with the city and United Way and Austin coming together and a bunch of other organizations to create that. And um, the city invested in, in it uh, and created this pop plaza program. And so they invested $5 million into these pop spaces. And so they uh, have awarded 12 different organizations a half a million dollars to, to take on vacant space in their communities and help activate those spaces. So, um, so yeah, I, I wasn't expecting to do this work. That was, <laughs> it wasn't what I was expecting. And I really didn't, wasn't expecting anything really. Uh, I just like to, you know, bring people together I love, you know, people in general, um, especially Black people. Um, and, you know, I, I really want to just to help create spaces for us to be ourselves, to celebrate, um, and for us to uh, find prosperity and prosper in our own community, right? So, so yeah, I, I love the work that I do. Um, it's, it's very fulfilling. Uh, and I'm able to pretty much do what I want. Uh, so, you know, that that I have to say definitely was my father. <laughs> my father was not uh, one to um, kind of like, kind of like, like he created his, what he wanted for his life, right? Like by him coming here from another country and 
creating a business and being the, the only one for many years, you know, um, this is, is very inspiring, very inspiring. Director of Ascension on the West Side. K Ryan Center. So yeah, yeah. So I um I was introduced to the K Ryan Center in 2019, and I fell in love with the space. I walked in there, and it was beautiful. Uh, I felt like I was transported downtown or some in some other community because you know the space was completely renovated, and you know it was amazing. Um, so I pretty much bugged them until they put me on the board. Uh, <laughs> um, and I just started, you know, giving them some ideas on how to activate the space. Um, during the pandemic, it, you know, the space wasn't active because we had just opened in 2019. So uh, 2020 was slow, but we, we did create some uh, programming, uh, the symposium on racial reconciliation. Um, we, we did have two of those. Um, and just by me, just, you know, building with them, uh, I was named the interim executive director of the K-Ryan Center. Um, and so, basically essentially what we were doing was helping to fundraise uh for the space so we can do like create programming for the space and so we did reach our goals uh that we had set forth for um the k ryan center i actually res have resigned from that position at the k ryan center um it's just it's just it's a lot going on <laughs> uh just with the work that I'm doing. And I just, you know, I just felt like um, they're, they're in a place and they're still growing and still kind of finding out the best way to present this space to the community. Um, you know, it's a beautiful space, but most of the people in the community don't know it exists. They don't know it's there. Um, and so that's a challenge. Um, that's a challenge to get people in the space. And then, like I said, with programming, you know, culturally um, sensitive programming, right? Mm. Uh, and then also, um, you know, uh, how do we how do we shift the culture into something that maybe people in the community aren't used to seeing regularly, right? And having that black centered. So, I mean, that those were kind of the things that I was kind of aligning for us to move down, uh, was looking, calling, you know, just taking those things on. Um, but yeah, I just, I working for Westside Health Authority and working, um, you know, just with my own work, um, with with the community engagement work that I've been doing, and uh, it just wasn't the right fit for me. Uh, but but I'm still I'm still working with them. You know I'm, I I still consult with them. You know just to just to continue to you know build those relationships to continue to have those 
it's really important. Um, it's a beautiful space. Like I, I, I dig it. Yes. Is it a theater there? Is also a, a new. It is a theater space. Yeah, so the Karen Center is a, it's an actual theater. Uh, it's an 850 seat theater. Um, and it it is capable of hybrid programming. So it does have uh, the capabilities of streaming, uh, Zoom integration, you know, YouTube, Facebook, all of that stuff. Um, and recording too. So there are a lot of possibilities wow. uh, in that space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Now I got a question for you. How mm -hmm. can we use art as a way to transform the West side? How can art play a role in that? Yeah. Um, that's a, that's an excellent question. Um, so art plays a large role uh, in transforming communities. Um, I I did not grow up on the West Side. I grew up in Lakeview, um, and so coming from a, a different community uh, and coming from living in the city my whole life. So I've I've lived here my whole life. I've lived everywhere from the North Side to West Pullman to Woodlawn, and now here in Austin and Garfield Park. You know, for the last ten years, and you know. When you're, what I've noticed is that people who live here, it's hard to have a vision when you're used to seeing things a certain way. Um, and so coming from a different space where, where, where we grew up, we didn't have vacant space. I didn't, you know, I didn't grow up around that, right? Uh, so, I, you know, what I see as possible is by filling in the, the built environment, filling in those spaces um, and creating uh, culturally, like I said, culturally sensitive, you know, programming, uh, which could be, a, you know, a gamut of things. I mean, we, we, we actually, as black people, we push the culture in this country. I mean, a lot of, a lot of American culture comes from us. I would say a great percentage of it, right? Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, we're the ones who are building the culture in this country and help to build it, then you know, art is a huge way to 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 create community and help to transform that. So, you know, starting with my father's work and then, you know, um creating creating, you know, events and other types of ways for us to celebrate in in our, you know, communal spaces like these pop court spaces that we've created or the King Ryan Center or, you know, the new Laramie State Bank building with, they'll have a blues museum in there. And then, you know, the Aspire Center that's going to be on Madison and Central, like all these different spaces are all cultural spaces. Uh, and they will transform the community. So art plays a huge role in it. And I think the, the, the really cool part is um, the dialogue, the conversation that comes with the artist and the art and the culture. Because um, those are the ways that we 
you know, come together. Those are the ways that we are able to, you know, build within our community. So, and I'll just give you an example of something that was not, we didn't expect to happen when we created Popports. So, you know, the community, this space is open, right? It's an open space. So anybody mm -hmm. can go into the space, especially, and we're now it's kind of cold, so folks don't really hang out there, but in the spring and summer, we had picnic tables out there, you know, um, there was a basketball hoop, you know, uh, we'll have like, you know, like uh, food trucks come and, you know, serve lunch and, you know, people could buy from the food truck, you know, like we'll do things like that, that people appreciate it. They appreciate it so much, they, they keep an eye on it. Mm, okay. They keep an eye on it, they pick up garbage, you know? Wow. Um, I just, it, it, it just blew my mind. Like, I, you know, people that you would normally not ever talk to, that would never, ever approach anybody. When they're in that space, they'll come over and say something. I had this woman, she lives on the 800 block of Lockwood. And she came over one day, we were having an event. She came over and she just stood, she's just standing there, just looking around, just, just in awe. She's just standing, looking around. And I walked up to her and I said, hi. And she was like, this place is beautiful. I love it. She's like, how do I, how do I use it? And I'm just like, well, you can talk to me and we can work out, you know, however, you know, whether you want to use it. But she, she told me where she lived, which was down the block. And then she said, um, I don't usually do this. I don't, I don't usually, you know, talk to people uh, on the street. <laughs> so I, I just found that interesting um, that she, you know, so I told her, I was like, well, you have a block club on your block. Like you should consider like, you know, talking to the block club leader. She lives on at this house, her name is this, you know? And she was like, that's okay. I don't want to do that, mm. you know? But what I thought was interesting was that she was open enough to say something to me about using popcorns, right? So what we're seeing is that it it's creating a dialogue from the community to us the people who are servicing the community. And that's a missing, it's a huge missing in this community. Folks don't really say a whole lot. You know, yeah. they stay in their houses, they draw their blinds, they lock their doors, you know, they don't really come out. So we found that these pop spaces actually bring the community out of their house right. and into the community uh, where we can actually find out what they need or help them or celebrate or whatever. So, so what happened from pop courts was that um, right next door where the mural is on the wall, uh, the building owner was ready to sell and sold the, the building to Westside Health Authority. And um, in my conversations with the CEO, Morris Reed, I suggested, I said, well, why don't we open a cafe? We don't, we don't have places to sit down and eat. 
And he was like, that's a great idea. Why don't you do it, right? So I was like, okay. So I wrote a grant uh, through the city um, and we were awarded $601,000 to, wow. to renovate that building into a cafe. Hmm. So, so we have a plaza space and we have, we're going to have this cafe next door. And we're just really excited for all of the developments that are happening on Chicago Avenue. So that's one of many, many developments that will transform the community, right? So that yeah. little pop of pop courts, which yeah. is art, you know, we worked with artists who were the architects, we worked, you know, very closely with you know, nonprofit organizations is helping to to transform Chicago Avenue. That is tremendous. That's really good. You know, I was doing some research on you, and I found this quote that I just love, and I want you to elaborate if you if you would. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to remind people that we deserve everything everyone else has, and all these other communities. There's no reason. We can have this. You just sort of spoke to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So so I think that um for a long time we have been conditioned to to believe that this is okay. Like it's is a, a okay way to live, right? Um mm -hmm. Decades of disinvestment. I mean, you know, this is people are okay with garbage, litter on the street. I've I've seen people just walk by it, and I've had people tell me it's just part of the you know part of the landscape. But you know, um, and so I, I when I when I started to um, what we're starting to you know create on the west side is just to show people that we can, we can we can create we can create it like the community can do it we can create those spaces because we do deserve them why not um and i think that um that what comes up a lot and 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 i've heard this from some community members and and this comes from people who aren't used to or haven't had it in such a long time uh, that it's so, you know, like having nice things is gentrification, right? Like, like you're gentrifying the community. And it's like, no, not necessarily. Not, not, not that's not necessarily so. Um, it doesn't have to be like that. You know, uh, you do have a choice. You can choose uh, to live here. There's going to be some work involved in it if that's what you want to do if you're a homeowner there's going to be a benefit for you if you own your home your 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 home is going to be worth more if you're in a community that um that where the, where the people uh are, are really pushing for change your property is going to be worth more you know we don't talk about those things we talk about oh you're going to have to pay more taxes you're rent is going to be more blah 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 right um so i just i just would like to shift the conversation um into the possibility instead of 
the you know what could happen um and mm -hmm. if you're if you're stepping into possibility rather than some negative thing or some other you know gentrification or whatever it changes the conversation conversation shifts into look at that vacant lot right there next door to me is that space possible for me to purchase or for me to create something in there you know like those are the conversations that we're having now our people are are inspired and they're moved by what's happening that they're starting to see the possibility for themselves and so that's what happens when when people start to see that that they too deserve to have a walkable space like we should be able to walk i should i shouldn't have to get in my car to go to the grocery store i shouldn't if i want to go out and out to dinner with friends you know i i'd like to ride my bike you know or i'd like to walk places um and that's possible i mean it's very possible to have those spaces here on the west side and it's just it's just getting things started i think is and people seeing the possibility so so yeah, that that's that's what I'm up for. That's what I'm pushing for, uh, and, and using you know art and culture and engagement as as ways to do that. Okay. Also, you were a 2020 fellow with the Black Metropolis Research um, Group. Tell me yeah. about that. So I um, I received their a summer fellowship to continue to do research on um just black photography just to see you know what we what we have um mm -hmm. archived what we have uh, preserved right um so bmrc they work in different library systems um in the Chicagoland area. And I, I, I focused on a couple of um, uh, uh, spaces uh, where these different collections were um, housed. I didn't, I didn't really find a whole lot, which, which was interesting. Um, and what I found was was wasn't really what I was looking for. Um, I, you know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to see more of our images, um, more of more images of of black people. Uh, it's just not, there's not a whole lot out there. Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of sparks, it's you know, it's sparking interest in me um, when it comes to preserving our history, our art, um, our own culture. Uh, and, and, a, and a lot of folks don't, they don't consider, you know, like those books of photography, you know, those home pictures, those home videos, people don't really think of those things as um, assets. They don't, they don't think of those things. It's kind of like, oh, that's, you know, that's big mama's, you know, that's her stuff. And it's been in the attic for, you know, 50 years. I don't mind interested. A lot of people throw that stuff out. Um, yeah. But, you know, so 
So I, something that I'm thinking about for the future, I don't know when that's going to happen, but uh, but something that I'd like to do is help to preserve all of the all of that history that we have. Um, and so that was kind of the start of that, like just kind of seeing what what we have when it comes to um, uh, our own images. And I'm, I'm just talking about laymen. I'm not talking like, you know, like photographers. I was looking for those too, but, you know, just, you know, folks, family, it's just images of family. Um, and so I did, I did find um, there is this group and I can't remember their name off the top of my head, but they do a, a lot of this archiving and they do have an Instagram and that it's going to come to me in a minute. Uh, but, but that type of, that type of um, preserving and documenting our history is, is so important. So important. I can't believe that our time is about up. Is there anything else you would like to share while we got you here? Um, I'm just like, I, I, I just want to say I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for the Black community. Um, just right now in Chicago, there's, there's a lot of movement happening on the South and West sides. And that's very exciting. Um, you know, it's exciting to watch our people excited, um, coming together, working together to create our own community. And I just like, I just, I just want folks to know that it is happening. Like it, it is. And, you know, cause I, I hear a lot of folks continue to say, we don't work together Well, you know, like that type of conversation. I don't see that. I don't. So I, you know, I'm just really excited to see what the next five, 10, 20 years looks like on, on the West side in Austin and all the West side communities. And then I just want to say this one last thing. So when it comes to development, I just like to remind people it takes time. Like it doesn't, development takes time. It's not something that you see in a year or three years or sometimes five years. Sometimes it takes longer than that. So just to keep that in mind, when, when you see something new happen, it probably took five or so years before, before it actually is, has been created, right? So, so I just like to, you know, just put that out there, that development takes time. Okay. All right. Well, very well said. So thank you very much for your time. I appreciate yes. it. Yes. Thank you so much, Clarence and Howard. Thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> <laughs>